Free agency may be over for the Jets, so let's focus on the secondary. Who did the Jets add, and where are they still weak heading into the NFL draft? We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's Monday, March 21st, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a thumbs up. It helps the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Our episode today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, it was an eventful first few days of free agency for the New York Jets, but things really began to slow down near the end of the week. If you're looking at salary cap projections, it kind of seems like the Jets are near the end of their spending. You could see a few more moves, a few depth moves, but more or less, we kind of have an idea of who the Jets have added in free agency. So the attention is going to begin to turn to the draft. And we'll start talking more and more about draft prospects in the weeks ahead. We'll bring back the Prospect Friday series this week. But before we get into that, I kind of want to take stock of where the roster stands now. Before the beginning of free agency, I kind of did a position-by-position review where the Jets stood, where the big needs are. And I want to do that again now. Now that we're done with free agency and looking into the draft, I want to go back through the positions to take a look at where things currently stand. And I'm going to do this in reverse order. I began the last time we did this talking about the offense first. Today we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to begin by talking about the cornerback position. This was a position that clearly was a weakness for the Jets heading into the offseason. And it was a position that was a big question mark heading into the 2021 season because the Jets really did not have anything in the way of experience at the at the position. And beyond that, it's one thing to not have experience. It's another to not have draft pedigree. If you don't have guys with veteran experience, then maybe you have like a guy who's a first or a second round pick, a high-end prospect. The Jets had none of those. They had Bryce Hall, who in 2020 could have been conceivably in a different scenario, could have been maybe a day two pick, but he went in the fifth round. So the Jets were really rolling the dice on youth in the secondary, and the results were very up and down, I think, in 2021. I think Bryce Hall ended up being a guy who looks like a keeper. I think there were points where Brandon Eccles looked okay. I think Michael Carter II is a guy who could be a long-term solution at the slot corner position. I'm, a, I'm actually higher on Michael Carter II than a lot of people are. I know near the end of the year he had a few bad games in there and there were a few tackling issues which is very important for the slot corner position but I I think Michael Carter II is a player in the slot maybe I'm wrong on that but I I like him so we entered the offseason the Jets kind of had a need I felt like the need was at number one corner because Bryce Hall was the best corner on the team and if Bryce Hall's your best corner I don't want to dismiss his potential but I'm not sure this is a guy who really is kind of like a number one type corner in this league, at least if you want to have a good defense. Even even in a defense where, like the Jets, where theoretically they were kind of trying to de-emphasize the corner position, 
I, I kind of felt like they needed to upgrade the spot. And they made a very interesting signing in DJ Reed, a signing that I really like. I think of the of the offseason signings in free agency, the top two were DJ Reed and Lakin Tomlinson. And I think in both situations, they kind of turned what was an area of great need into an area where you're now above average. I think DJ Reed's a good, very good corner guy with experience with Robert Sala. Although when he played under Sala, he actually played in the slot quite a bit. And I think the Jets are signing him to be an outside corner, which was the role he really succeeded in with Seattle. And I think one of the things that's very interesting is that if you look through Sala's history, if you look through the history of the Seattle defense, which is where Sala really began his NFL career, he actually did coach with Houston for a stretch, but I always think of Seattle as Salah's kind of formative years in the NFL, and he was coaching it def- He was he was a, kind of an entry level coach on an iconic defense, the Legion of Boom, a defense that was really built from late round picks from guys who were kind of signed unheralded, like Brandon Brown or from the CFL, and they had a very specific model they wanted. They wanted guys with length. They wanted guys with long arms, you know, guys who could who could press. It was not necessarily solely based on speed. And that's what makes DJ Reed so interesting. Because not only does he go against the mold of what Salah typically wants in a corner, but he's coming from Seattle, which was kind of the template for what Salah wanted. And he kind of went against the Seattle mold because he's he's smaller. He's 5'9", but he gets the job done. And there is a tradition in the NFL. And the Jets actually have a tradition of... Maybe some smaller corners who get the job done. Aaron Glenn was a great corner for the Jets for a very long time before they lost him in the expansion draft to the Houston Texans back in 2002. And now he's a deep, now he's an up and coming star as a coach. Lions defensive coordinator has been in the mix for a couple head coaching jobs in recent years. And I think DJ Reed just helps everybody slot in where they need to go. And I, you know, I mentioned this last week. I think he's a good mix with Hall, who does have that length. Who, you know, if you have a receiver who. Maybe he's a little too big for DJ Reed. Hall can probably take him. And sometimes you want to be able to mix and match. You know, it's not always one versus two. It's what type of style do you want your corner to face? Back when the Jets had Darrell Rivas and Antonio Cromartie, it wasn't always a situation where Rivas took the best receiver on the other team. It's he was able to cover pretty much anybody. Whereas Cromartie was better. Cromartie was a great athlete. He was a guy who ran against, who could run with anybody. So if one team had like a really good deep threat and another team had a possession receiver, typically what would happen was Revis would take the possession receiver and Cromartie would take the deep threat, even if the deep threat was technically the number one guy in the opponent's passing game. And I don't think it's the exact same situation here because the skill sets are different. But if there happens to be a guy who's a little bit too big maybe for DJ, and he plays bigger than his size, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know that there are going to be a lot of guys where that's like, then maybe that's a situation where Hall takes that guy. And beyond that, I think, you know, Hall seems like a quality starter at the position to me. Although there's been, you know, there's been a few rumors out there that the Jets aren't in love with Hall. I mean, I've heard some rumors that, you know, maybe this is, this is stuff that's in the public. This is not insider information. I've seen some beat writers suggest that maybe Hall is going to compete with Eccles and maybe even Isaiah Dunn for the second corner job, which kind of puzzling to me based on the season Bryce Hall just had. I thought he was very good this past year, but you know, who knows? In any event, I think everybody kind of slots into their proper role. You've got DJ Reed, who I think is a competent number one corner. You know, I, I don't know if DJ Reed's an all pro, but he's a number one corner. When you have a number one corner, it changes things on the defense. It makes your defense a lot easier to run. And another thing you have to remember is that this Jets defense, you, you say it's a zone defense. They just kind of kind of two different schemes on defense. They have like their first and second down scheme where you're seeing a lot of zone. And then they have their third down scheme where they blitz a lot and it's a lot more man to man. You got to have corners who can play man. 
So you kind of have to have guys who can do it all. And maybe that changes this year with Carl Lawson back and maybe with the Jets drafting somebody early on the defensive line. Was it a case where they were blitzing on third down last year out of necessity? I mean, I don't know, but DJ Reed, when you have a guy who can cover, when you have a couple guys who can cover, you know, and DJ Reed and Bryce Hall, I think it makes it, makes it a little bit easier for your defense to run. You've got Michael Carter the second in the slot, who again I like. You, you know, your miles, your mileage may vary on how much you like Michael Carter the second. I happen to like him. I happen to think for a fifth round rookie, he did very well last year. And slot corner is one of those spots. It's not really valued in the NFL. It's probably undervalued in the NFL because your slot corner is really a starter. You look across the league at most for, for almost every team, the dominant per, personnel grouping is. One running back, one tight end, three receivers. Every team in the NFL ran the most plays last year out of, except for Miami, ran the most most plays out of the personnel grouping with, again, one running back, one tight end, three receivers. That means you have three starting corners. And the slots become a position where teams put guys they think are mismatches. So the NFL, for whatever reason, teams don't want to dedicate premium resources to the slot, but that also means if you look across the league, some of the great slot corners are guys who were kind of late-round picks or undrafted free agents. I mean, Jets had a guy, Brian Poole, who was excellent for two years, who they got for practically nothing, and a guy who was an undrafted free agent. So even though Michael Carter II doesn't have that great draft pedigree as a you know, day-three pick, he's still a guy who you know could conceivably be in the mix going forward, and I think a guy who's pretty good. And then you look at the depth. I mean, you've got Brandon Eccles, who to me, and even though I think he's got a pretty large fan base, among Jets fans, a guy to me who's more of a backup and maybe a pretty good backup. And, you know, we're talking day three picks here. If he's a good backup who can, you know, get you through two to three games if you suffer a medium-term injury, that's well worth a late the day three pick. That's well worth a late-round pick. And, I, you know, I think, like, maybe he's a little overrated because he had that one inter- interception against Miami. Sometimes, like, those interceptions stick in your mind. Jets had this guy who played safety for years, Antonio Allen, who had an interception on Tom Brady that he took back for a touchdown. And for years, I, I feel like people insisted that he was a good player because of that one play. He really was just a, kind of okay. You know, he was kind of a backup-level player. But Brandon Knuckles, I, I think, as a backup, to me, that's probably more aligned with his skill set, a guy you maybe can use to get you by for a couple of games. And then beyond that, you have Javelin Guidry, who the Jets are bringing back, a guy who can, again, play a little bit inside, but also held up decently on the outside. Another another case of an ex, uh, of an exception to the rule, because he's kind of an undersized guy who profiles more as a slot corner. Played a couple games on the outside this year. Now, he got destroyed by Stephon Diggs. The Jets, Jets can't leave... You can't leave a backup corner on Stephon Diggs the way the Jets did this past season. But, you know, Javelin Guidry is like your number five corner who can play a little inside, play a little outside. That's not bad. You have Isaiah Dunn, who... No, I mean, Isaiah Dunn's not great. I, I, I'm really not sure what... The Jets love about Isaiah Dunn because it seems like they like him a lot. They, you know, gave him st- starting reps in preseason last year. They kind of gave him an undrafted free agent uh, rookie contract or undrafted free agent contract record si- signing bonus. So they seem to see something in Isaiah Dunn, which I'm not sure is really there. But you, know, you look at this group now, heading into last year, big need. Heading into the off season, big need. Now. Uh, not such a need. I think the Jets have done a pretty good job at the corner position. So clearly an upgrade there. But corner's not the only position in the secondary the Jets have upgraded. The safety position has improved quite a bit in this offseason, in my opinion. 
and I'll explain to you the moves the Jets have made and why they make sense ahead on this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You know, I just mentioned how the cornerback position has improved. I think Joe Douglas does a good job by signing DJ Reed, and I think he should reward himself with a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. These are protein bars, but they do not taste like them. They taste like candy bars because all bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And there are so many delicious flavors to choose from. You got mint brownie, you got coconut, you got coconut almond, and you also have white chocolate cookies and cream for this month. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good at Built Bar, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you because most, most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go check out the Built Bar for you. Go to Built.com. You can see all their delicious flavors, and you can buy Built Bars. Again, that's Built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day, and make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the latest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, today on Locked On Jets, we're talking about the moves the Jets made in free agency, and our focus is on the secondary. In the first segment, I talked about the cornerback position, a big signing the Jets made. Now, let's talk about safety, and if you've been following the show through the offseason, you know that... I was very passionate about the Jets potentially getting Marcus Williams from the Saints, and it did not work out. It did not really sound like the Jets really had a shot. At it. it sounded like they kind of wanted him, but Williams just wasn't interested in coming to the Jets. So they kind of pivoted and signed Jordan Whitehead from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was not the only move, however. They also brought back LaMarcus Joyner on a one-year deal, a pretty inexpensive deal. Joyner was a guy they had high hopes for last year and got injured in the first half of the first game and missed the rest of the season. So you don't really know what you're getting out of LaMarcus Joyner. He's in his thirties too, which makes it tough. But I think looking back, the more I think about this and I researched this over the weekend, I've said this many times and I, you know, I almost wonder whether I've, I've been wondering, like, have I been too hard on Ashton Davis who got a lot of playing time last year he was a third round pick out of California in 2020. And I, I've been very critical of him and I've been thinking like, why am I so critical of this guy? And then I actually did some research over the weekend. And I found something that was very interesting about the Jets' run defense last year. The Jets allowed nine runs of 30 yards or more. That's the most in the NFL. And that's a, listen, that's not good. Because I actually looked at this, and this is an article I'm going to write this week at gangreennation.com. We have this idea that like a good running game means you're constantly churning out like eight, you know, nine, seven, you know, 11-yard runs. If you look at like the non 30 yard runs in the NFL, the worst defense, if you just take, if you take out the 30 yard runs, the worst defense is averaging 4.4 yards per carry, which is just a little over the league average per run. League average per run this year was around 4.243. So if you take out all the 30 yard runs, even the worst run defense in the league, it's pretty good. And this includes like, this includes big runs. This includes like a 20 yard run. This includes all the 29 yard runs they gave up, the 25 yard runs. So we think of like, Successful running backs, the guys who are constantly churning, you know, churning out those five, six yard runs. Really, what the running game's all about are those home runs. And no team allowed more than the Jets this past year. They allowed the most yards on 30 yard runs in the league nine. And it gave up nine 30 yard runs. On five of those plays, Ashton Davis was responsible for 
preventing the play from becoming a catastrophe. He either ran himself into a block or whiffed on a tackle or took a horrible angle and turned a you know what was would have been a decent run into an absolute catastrophe five times. There was a sixth one where he had a chance of making a tackle, which I didn't really put on him. But that's five, five out of nine. There are only seven teams in the entire NFL in 2021 who allowed five runs of 30 yards or more. There, I'm telling you, Ashton Davis was responsible for five of them. So signing a guy like Jordan Whitehead, you know, I, I don't know that I appreciated it last week, but I think I understand it a little bit more. The guy was very solid against the run. And he, you know, he may play more in the box. The, the His usage kind of varied with the Tampa Bay defense under Todd Bowles, but he's very good against the run. And I'll tell you something. I don't think the Jets are going to have those same issues if Jordan Whitehead's deep. Now, is it as simple as, like, you take Ashton Davis out and suddenly you have an elite run defense? No, I'm not saying that. The, I, I can already hear, like, the comments. I can already, you know, I'm getting ready for the YouTube comments, getting ready for the emails. That I'm, I'm acting like Ashton Davis leaving the lineup is going to be a game change. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying it's the only thing that matters. Obviously, your defensive line play has to get better. Obviously, your linebacker play has to get better. Honestly, even like your run supported corner has to get better. They just had issues at run supported corner last year. And I think that's one thing. That's not the reason they signed DJ Reed. They signed DJ Reed to cover. You know, you don't sign a guy, you don't give a guy a big money contract at corner because of what he does in run support. But it's one of those little bonus things he's going to help out with a little bit. But man, safety was really bad last year. And listen, part of it was injuries. I mentioned Joyner missed the whole season practically. Marcus May suffered a midseason injury. I mean, you got to a point where it was Ashton Davis who really is not doing it for a third-round pick, and then Elijah Riley, who's a kind of a practice squad guy. At the very least, the Jets have positioned themselves heading into the draft where it's not a dire need to the extent it was at the beginning of free agency. Now, Joyner, I mean, do you really want to trust Joyner, you know, a guy who missed all of last season, a guy who really hasn't played safety full-time in a couple of years? That might be a bit much, but Maybe you could talk yourself into it if you improve other positions. It's it's one of those things where it's not as dire, and I think Jordan Whitehead should help a little bit. And Ashton Davis kind of goes into his role now, I think, as a backup and special teamer, which probably better suited. For, I mean, I just don't think he's a starter. I, I I just don't see him as a. And I think he just hurt the team too much last year as a starter to, to for this to be a viable path forward for the New York Jets. So I think at the safety position, you had to get to a point where you did not have Ashton Davis starting, and obviously Elijah Riley, who you know, great great story guy who you know. Grew up as a Jets fan, went to training camp with the with the team as a fan when he was a kid, getting to live out his dream playing for the Jets. But really, a guy who probably caps out as a practice squatter. So the Jets, you know, improved the safety position in the offseason. And if nothing else, Jordan Whitehead's going to help them against the run. And they, this team, it's it's crazy to say. I'm not saying safety is more important than defensive line against the run, but safety destroyed this team against the uh, against the run last year. They this is like unbelievable how bad it was. I mean. Five runs for 30 yards because your safety took a bad angle or missed a tackle or ran himself into a block. That's the kind of thing that destroys you. It's one of the reasons the Jets' defense was so bad. So it was a position that had to be upgraded, and they did it. Of course, the Jets are not done upgrading this offseason, however. And as we conclude this Monday episode of Locked On Jets, we're going to take a look to the draft and see what the Jets can still do at cornerback and at safety. Of course, it's the NFL offseason, but we are in the middle of March Madness. If you're a local college hoops fan, I mean, St. Peter's, going to the Sweet 16. My dad's very excited, a St. Peter's alum. I was talking to him Saturday night after they beat Murray State. I've never heard him so excited about college basketball. And you should know that from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, that betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday. Today, we're taking a look at where things currently stand in the secondary now that free agency is mostly over for the Jets, maybe a signing here or there. But it seems like the Jets have done most of their adding of free agents. And now the focus turns to the draft. And at the corner position, we've gotten to a point where maybe it would be a surprise if we took a corner early. In fact, I'd go as far as to say that, you know, all these rumors out, and they're just rumors that maybe the Jets don't love Bryce Hall as much as you or I do. That's really the only way I could see the Jets drafting a corner early because you're looking for a long-term player at the position. And I think at this point, you have to think the Jets view DJ Reed as a long-term player. So if you are drafting a player at the corner position, it must mean you're not thrilled with what you have. And the thing you're probably not thrilled with is Bryce Hall. The guy you're probably not thrilled with is Bryce Hall. So, you know, if they take a Gardner or a Stingley, a Gardner out of Cincinnati or a Stingley out of LSU in the first round, that's a sign they're not, they don't love Bryce. It's a little different if you get to like the third round and you just say, well, it just so happens that there's one guy left you had a first round grade on and it's a corner and you just say there's too much value here. And I, I think there's something to be said for the idea that there, you can never have too much depth at the corner position. But I feel like the Jets have probably done a corner. And if they're not, then it's a sign they just don't love Bryce. They view Bryce Hall as more of a backup. And listen, they have more information than I do. They see him every day, but... I don't know how you look at those games last year and think Bryce Hall is not a competent starter. That's my view on it. Safety's a little different because, again, you're banking on LaMarcus Jordan. I think Jordan Whitehead you have penciled in, but LaMarcus Jordan, that's risky. In his 30s, hasn't really played safety full-time in a few years. Missed all of last year with an injury. This could be a spot the Jets are in. This, this could be a spot where the Jets are in the mix early. You know, Could it be a Kyle Hamilton in the top 10? I mean, that might be a tough sell for some fans. Maybe you still look at it, it's still in the mix the way it was before the beginning of free agency. Lewis seen out of Georgia, maybe in round two if he's still around, that could be a better value option. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting. I think that I would be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets drafted a safety in the early stages of this draft because at best, Lamarcus Joyner is a stopgap, and at best, you're going to have to find somebody to, to pair with Jordan Whitehead. But we'll see what happens. That's all for today's show, however. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a thumbs up. It helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. I hope you have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.